The Hundred Marathon Club by Darren Smith A Question of Motivation It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. Well, to paraphrase Dickens, it is the shittest of times. It is the worst. The age of Covid. And so, I want to share my thoughts on motivation with you. Motivation to train. Motivation when you are training. When you are running. Physically, actually running. When you are racing. When you are recovering. When coming back from injury. Or just starting out. Or starting out again, maybe. Or after you have had a bad race. And in those instances, you always need to remember this. You are not as bad as your last race. You are as good as the next. My thoughts on all of this motivational stuff are quite simple. Find a plan that works for you. Your pace, not anyone else's. A motivation for this moment. Not necessarily for the whole race, not for forever, not for your life, not for your entire training plan. For this moment right now. We do, outside of time travellers, aliens and gods, live in the present, after all. And if you don't look after yourself in the present, then the immediate future can turn into a whole world of hurt. I have spoken briefly before about coping mechanisms for different parts of a race, and I think that this is my best example. When I ran Race to the Stones, I wore calf sleeves. A psychological crutch, if you like, as I really didn't need them. I just took them rolled down like the socks of a tired footballer. For the off chance that if I do cramp up at some point, that I could just pull them up. I carried my own food and drink, just in case the checkpoints didn't have what I wanted. I carried road and trail shoes. I listened to my music and relied on my own base fitness, effectively my training plan, to run the first 40k. This was just going out, effectively, and doing the basics. I then met a guy called Richard, and we walked and talked and joked and laughed and, and ran, when we saw race photographers, until halfway. At the camp at 50k, I sank two pints of cider, washing down some ibuprofen. And that certainly cushioned my anxiety and any pain I was developing. I also threw away my trail shoes that were physically and mentally weighing me down in my backpack as I changed to road shoes because it was so bloody hot. This was another coping mechanism, a plan to get, to get through if the ground underfoot was dry and hard, as it was, rather than wet and boggy, as it could have been. As the sun went down, 
There were two groups of runners and walkers that I joined at different times, a stumbling line of half a dozen disparate souls crossing cow fields and looking for the next glow stick to show us the way. Talking to friends and updating social media, Twitter mainly, of my progress got me as far as 80 kilometres. But it was meeting Jenny at 90 that saved the day. We got through the rest of that race together, and I will always remember that. It is good to find someone you can rely on, especially in your darkest hours. You should always surround yourself with people who are on the same mission as you, and can help you reach your own goal. Little things help too, psychological crutches to help you limp through and over the line. Wearing the last race t-shirt you got could work. I did that for almost a year. I would wear the t-shirt from the race that I ran literally before the new one. So I ran Brighton Marathon, for example, wearing the Barcelona Marathon t-shirt. When I ran London, I wore the Brighton t-shirt. And, if you want that little boost, that shot in the arm to keep the legs moving, all you need to do is look down. You are wearing a t-shirt that proves that you can do this. Because you already have. You did it last time out. Charity wristbands. They work. Or a wristband that your kids have made that says mum or dad on it. I had a David Bowie wristband on it with the lyric, If you say run, I'll run to you, for the year that he died. I wore the Comrades wristband for a while and the one from the Balega Sock Company made by one of the kids we helped fund. A quote in Sharpie written on the back of your hand could be all you need. A temporary tattoo of your planned mile times. I had a laminated card for Green Man the second time, listing my times from the first running of it and my target times that I needed to hit for the second year. On your iPod or iPhone or MP3 player, load up a different playlist and play it depending on how you feel. One is a high-tempo dance and metal playlist for those hard, fast runs or a sprint finish. Another one could be tracks from your teens. The first running album I bought was not the Ministry of Sound running playlist or the Now That's What I Call Running album, although both do fulfil a need. The first album I used was 50 cadences of the US military and it was perfect for what it was it was 50 short I want to be an airborne ranger type chants with the sound of the troopers footsteps as they ran and that made it work twofold you keep in time with the footsteps and you take your mind off of the run with the song. For the Chester Metric Marathon, I asked friends on social media to each suggest one track that I should put on the playlist. It made it 
very random. But I had a single motivational song from all of these different friends and and random strangers that would then motivate me on my race. And trust me, there was a lot of random on there, from Right Said Fred to The Darkness to Guns N' Roses to Jack Severetti in Italian. And I don't speak Italian. Or how about something more random, a a podcast, this podcast, or an audiobook, or an audio play? Those could get you through too, taking your mind out as your body just moves forward. For Fire and Ice, I had the History Boys, Audio Play, and True West, and Speed the Plow. 90 minutes of entertainment to take your mind off of what you were doing. But how about gels, or tailwind, or a pork pie, or a food treat, Tunnock's tea cakes? I like squashies, but I used to take mini Mars bars, and they would do the trick. How about C- CDB gels? They could numb you as you keep going. Do anything you can to get through the race, be it a 10k or a hundred miles. Find what works for you. Experiment. Rely on the results of those experiments, but redo the experiment later on because it may not persist. And I did this, and it worked for me. If you have multiple cheats or plans or ideas or coping mechanisms, then employ them all, or none. It is horses for courses. You could just have a great race and not need any of them. And that would be brilliant. I've had great races where I haven't had to do anything other than enjoy the run. But we're not talking about those instances. We're talking about motivation when it's needed. It's about getting you over that hump and to that finish line. I think sometimes we need to forget about the performance pressures. We need to stop thinking that this race is a disaster. You can look back on it after you are done, not during. Don't think this race is going badly, it's shit, I should pull out. In the meantime, keep going. Have key points in the race where you can check your progress against your targets. Say that you want to be at kilometre 30, three hours in, or you want to be 20 minutes ahead of your target time at halfway. Having these coping mechanisms allow you to handle stress and anxiety leading into races. The biggest one for me is knowing that I've done this distance before. I can go that far in that time, on that surface, in this weather. It doesn't necessarily work for everyone, and I'm not saying it should. If you are injured, for example, or if the maranoia has taken hold, the paranoia leading into a race that convinces you that you are hurt or injured or under-trained, the devil on one shoulder. 
when you should probably be listening to the angel on the other. In a nutshell, sleep is the best thing for you. Better than anything to heal the body and prepare the body, as well as the mind. Sure, nutrition is very important, as is the right mindset. But sleep replenishes all of your system. It creates energy reserves and it rebuilds your mental strength. In my very humble opinion, it is the most important thing of all. When it comes to mindset, you have to always consider that we are individual. We are unique, thank God. You need, therefore, to find your own way to train, your own way to race, and your own way to recover. We do all need to plan due to the speed of modern life. It is hectic, but a rigid schedule isn't necessarily going to mean that you reap the results you want. You need to recharge and you need to refuel. And you need to listen to your body and adapt accordingly. If you had a bad night's sleep, say, I know that I do, or you eat badly for a day, especially at Christmas, I know I do, or you dehydrate yourself due to one thing or another, mostly booze, or you just don't drink enough water. But if you're going to judge how you do or how you do the next 30-minute speed session, for example, and you are feeling under par, then you need to go easy on yourself because it was the fact that you are tired. You did not eat the day, well the day before, so you are undernourished and you're probably dehydrated. So go easy on yourself. You need to breathe you need to drink water. High five people. You need to give yourself room to reset. Getting into the red zone by pushing your boundaries and limits with speed and hill sessions constantly, stressing your mind and your body physically all the time, you need to remember that recovery is just as important. And a recovery is not only for the muscles, it's for the lungs and the heart, sure, and the mind and, dare I say it, the soul. Also, you can't force recovery. It's not a hundred metre sprint where you push yourself just that little bit harder. To recover properly, you need to relax. You need to be in your own comfort zone. You cannot force yourself to relax. I need to get to that place where I can close my eyes, raise my face to the sky, breathing comfortably in and out of my nose and smile. People are trying to squeeze quite complex health and fitness regimes into a certain structure, to, into their day-to-day -day living, needing to do X and Y as part of a specific routine at specific times. And it doesn't always work. 
mean, I was part of the first body coach program by Joe Wicks before he became the darling of the nation. It was a diet plan and an exercise plan. I was coming up to my first marathon at the time and it just didn't work for me. The key is finding something or being given a plan by someone, say a coach, and just trying it. Look it up. Find something on the internet. Talk to your friends. Talk to your peers. But if it doesn't work, remember that it doesn't mean that it's going to work for you in the first place. But if it doesn't work, you need to keep experimenting. It's like anything. And if you do come up with a plan, a routine of exercise and diet that works, then that's great. Well, then you. I'm actually genuinely happy for you. It doesn't always work for everybody. I mean, we do often need structure at the beginning of any journey, not just a running journey. We need to see that plan with different types of training at different times in the day. I know I did. I needed to know that on Monday I was doing hills and Tuesday I was doing, I don't know, fartlek training. And Saturday was my long, slow run, blah, 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 blah. But don't just stick to it for the sake of sticking to it without revisiting and reevaluating to see if it is still helping. Coping mechanisms stop working after time. And that is because you get used to them subconsciously. You, I mean, I know I suffer from this. Your mind starts to bend the rules ever so slightly again and again, pushing those boundaries. I know that I'm supposed to do hills today, but it's raining and I'm a bit tired, so I'll do an easy run instead. Or. You know, uh, I was supposed to do X, but I'll do Y. You know, you need to question if the plan that you have taped on the fridge or is pinned on a corkboard in your office is still cut in the muster. If not, then you need to address the shortfall, but don't beat yourself up about it. Just find an alternative. Find a coping mechanism. Find a way of getting through. Find a different plan. We are not, despite the perfect running form photos on Instagram, professional athletes. We have lives and jobs and kids and TV shows we need to binge. We do not have nutritionalists planning our food and chefs cooking it to ensure that we have perfect metrics on the fat and protein and carbohydrate scales. We don't have coaches ensuring that every moment of every day we are training to reach the peak of our performance, or physios to pummel us back into shape afterwards, or hot tubs or ice baths. We need to appreciate that we are normal, everyday people, but we are doing amazing things, and we need to celebrate that. But we don't need to break ourselves in the process. We need to be good to our mind and our body, and it will return the favour. So in short, I believe that we need coping mechanisms to continue motivating ourselves to start training, 
to train and then we get when we get to that start line to get us over the start line and through the race and to the finish but a single plan a single mechanism may not do it you need to have a quiver of arrows to use don't just have one plan have as many have a varied selection and combining them using a tool at the time that you need it will get you through.